Ladies and gents, you are now tuned in to the quintessential podcast for the craft beer connoisseur. Take a little news, add a little knowledge, throw in a dash of politics, and there you have it. This is the 21st Podcast with your host, me, Travis Turner. Welcome, friends, to another episode of the 21st Podcast. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed the last episode. I uh, There's a, <laughs> a couple mistakes here and there, but hopefully you didn't notice. Anyway, um, I think we got a really good episode for you today. We got a uh, a beer with a really good backstory. I like good backstories. Got some pretty, pretty, um, pretty recognizable beer news for those who have been here uh, who have, who have heard previous podcasts from me and, um, some other good stuff, a good segment of beer one one And, uh, <laughs> the way I see it is, is fairly, fairly interesting. So hopefully, hopefully you enjoy that. Hopefully I won't be too drunk and belligerent, but I, I plan on getting a little bit drunk and belligerent because that's the only way I could actually, you know, see myself actually wanting to talk <laughs> about <laughs> what happened in the news recently. But, uh, anyway, I recently got to hang out with a couple of friends of mine from high school, Josh and Anthony. Josh came over to San Antonio for some work, hit me up, say, hey, what are you doing? Um, I'm doing nothing. I just had a birthday. And I guess my birthday present for my job was giving me an extra day off, which was cool. So I had a, a good three days off and decided to take a road trip to San Antonio. And you, you never really realize how big Texas is until you drive to the next closest city and the next closest city aside from Fort Worth is San Antonio or Austin, to be honest, but Austin and San Antonio are right there next to each other. And it's far. It's a long drive. I used to think driving to McDonald was painful when I was over in Atlanta, but it's just a man. Anyway, not complaining about the drive. I got to hang out with some friends. Good time. San Antonio is a cool place to hang out. It's really touristy. I guess it's either it's either you're going to the tourist spots or you only know the local spots. There's really I guess that's everywhere to be honest with you, but I had a good time. There's a couple places that I had to go to. So um La Gloria has amazing tacos. I love La Gloria tacos. If you're ever in San Antonio, go to La Gloria, get some tacos. They're delicious. Also went to uh there's a lot of good bars out there. There's a spot called the Friendly Spot and it's an outdoor bar. So it's just like it's like two shacks and a little little bitty place and and everything's outside in like this gravel pit and there's a little playground for the kids and everything. So it's a cool place too. Um a lot of a lot of beer selection over there. What else? There's a there's a few bars I went to. There I went to Waxies. I have to go to Waxies. Anytime I'm in San Antonio, I go to Waxies. It's an Irish pub. Get a Guinness. And uh, shepherd's pie. They make the best shepherd's pie. That was so good. So good. And we pretty much, I pretty much Ubered everywhere and just wanted to hang around the city. I ended up at a, um, the last, the last day I was at, well, the, I mean, it was only two days, but uh spent the end of my San Antonio trip over at, where was I? Blue Star, not Lone Star. Uh, Lone Star's brewery in Texas, but we went to Blue Star Brewery. Or I did. And um 
met some really interesting people, drank some really interesting beer, and uh, yeah, really cool guy, really cool guy I met. His name is, oh, geez, Martin. Martin, really cool guy. We, Me and him talked about pretty much anything that came to mind, so pretty much technology and politics and all that stuff. And it's cool because even if you have a difference of opinion, you know, you learn from each other. And we talked about that. We said people who people who have differences of opinion need to learn from each other and, and just get, you know, respect about whole different things. So, yeah, that was fun. Went there. Then I met up with Anthony, had some barbecue, some good barbecue. The stuff was good. You got to have brisket everywhere. Pretty much <laughs> after that, packed my stuff up, headed out to Austin, hung out with uh, Josh. He had to go up to Austin, do some work. So we went up there. Went to arcade, drank some more, and and just you know just went home and just had a good time. So for two days, I, I just hung out and forgot about everything and and tried to relive my youth. So that was fun. You guys don't want to hear about that though. You want to hear about beer. <laughs> That's what this podcast is about. This podcast is dedicated to beer. And today we are drinking brunch money. It's an Imperial Golden Stout from Armadillo L Works in Denton, Texas. Denton, Texas. Uh, 30 minutes north of the DFW area. So depending on how this goes, I might take a trip up there on my next day off because I need to find some breweries and I need to, I need to expand my uh, beer horizons while I'm in Texas because <laughs> I plan on being here for a while, folks. Anyway, um, again, brunch money. It's a golden stout, which means it's pretty much a wheat beer that they don't roast the malts. I've had a golden stout before actually it was a white stout or ivory stout whatever they called it but basically it's a golden stout i had a really good experience the last time i had one and i'm my hopes are up a little bit especially with the uh with the flavors that's in this um apparently it is uh well okay so it says uh where is it i just saw it somewhere okay <laughs> imperial golden stout malt beverage with coffee cacao lactose Maple syrup and natural vanilla flavor. Does that not sound delicious? That sounds delicious. And I just, I just hope that, you know, it's as delicious as pretty much the last one I had. Um, ah, I forget the name of it. Have to go back and listen to one of the old episodes. But anyway, uh, we are going to go over the brewery right quick before I open this up. So anyway. <laughs> Good story. Like I said, it's a good story. Armadillo L Works was founded by Yanni. Oh, see, look, I keep, I need better handwriting. Hold on. <laughs> Yanni Arrestus and Bobby Mullins in 2010, founded in 2010, making this a fairly new brewery and newer than you think. Let me continue. Okay. Started off as a home brewing project as most, uh, small microbrews do and um when they decided to go into you know making their product and selling it they were contract brewing at deep ellum again the oldest brewery in dallas so of course deep ellum's gonna say hey we're we're grandfathering this this whole uh microbrewery thing going on in dallas of course let's go ahead and get you guys out there so they did that for a while and as they're while they're brewing there they've actually you know produced some award-winning beers you have a uh, they got the gold medal in the Great American Beer Festival in 2014 for their Quaker Town Stout. I need to go try it. I don't know. Quaker Town just makes you think, you know, Quaker Oats. And sometimes, you know, Quaker Oats just, 
gives you that feel of home, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Not really. I know. <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to try that. Hopefully, I think they do have that on tap at the brewery. So I'm going to try that. Um, and in late, well, they won that in 2014. And in late 2014, you know, after they get their award, they say, hey, hey, we're somebody. Let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, get our own stuff. So they um, they t- stopped production for a while to move up to Denton. Okay, so in 2014 they said, okay, we're going to put our stuff on hold. We're going to get our own facility, and we're going to do this. Unfortunately, their plans fell through, and they had to put their production on hold for over a year, 18 months. That's that's a long time without making some beer when that's what you do. So <laughs> eventually. They finally got uh, a new location, and in 2016, they they started building. So, right right then and there, they just said, okay, so we're going to get this built, but we still need to make some products, so let's go ahead and start contracting again. So, they started contracting at North Texas Brewing Company in Grapevine, Texas. Again, not very far from the DFW area. It's closer to Denton, and it's a little bit further from Dallas, so... They're trying to just be closer to home, which is cool. So, of course, they went back to contract brewing back in uh twenty what twenty sixteen. Yep. So, while they're contract brewing over there, <laughs> they make some more award winning beer. You have the Honey Please, um, at one of the bronze in the twenty seventeen Great American Beer Fest, and it got gold in the twenty eighteen World Beer Cup. So, they did better against the world than they did against America. <laughs> it's cool. It, I guess that's what it is. It's it, you know, teach their own. So I don't know. I want to try that too. Anytime something wins awards, I kind of got to try it to see what's going on because I have very high expectations of stuff that should win awards. That's just me. I could be completely wrong. I am not professional judge. I am just a professional drunk. <laughs> so in the summer of 2018, June 1st to be exact, that was last year. I had just moved to Dallas. So this brewery opened right when I got to Dallas. They finally opened their doors and became an official brewery. Yeah, they've been official. It's just a fact. Well, it wasn't an official brewery. They were an official company, but now they're an official brewery. They have their own facility. So if this beer is good, I'm going to go try it out. And if you if you just like that kind of stuff, I mean, apparently it's a really cool place. They, uh, they also make their own coffee and sodas. Uh, I know... Was that Ironmonger? Did they do that in Atlanta? So maybe I'll try these guys out. Sometimes homemade sodas, like 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 those kind of sodas, small batch sodas are pretty good too. So we'll try that. Ah, uh, so again, I hope I have I have high expectations for this beer, very high. <laughs> and I, I hope I hope I don't just ruin it. That's probably what I, I need to go into beer drinking without expectations. And that way I won't be disappointed. Mm, mm. Smells like a regular beer. Looks like a regular beer. Better not taste like a regular beer. I'll be really upset. I poured this all wrong. It's, it's half head right now. <laughs> I'm just, it's so incredibly hot in Texas that if I take a beer out of the refrigerator, it immediately just sweats. And so it's just dripping all over the place. So I just... I panicked when I was pouring it. Anyway, so I got to let that settle a little bit before I drink it. Give me a minute. Jesus. Says it's rich, complex, and inspiring. Is that what? 
inspiring. So hopefully this inspires me to continue on. <laughs> That's interesting. That's interesting. Now, mind you, and this could this could affect it, this could not. I had this beer sitting in my car for a while <laughs> in, in the hot Texas weather. So it's been sitting pretty warm. And then I put it back in the refrigerator. And then I took it out and put it in the car again because I thought I was going to drink it with somebody else. Didn't happen. <laughs> so I sat in the car for a while again. Then I put it back in the refrigerator. So maybe the integrity of the beer is a little off. That might affect it. But nevertheless, there is some decent flavors in there. So, as always, I'm going to keep drinking. And we'll be right back after these messages. Hey folks, as you've been made aware, American Bacon has transcended from a simple podcast to a podcast production entity. What does that mean to you? Well, probably nothing. But if you were looking forward to all new shows and a whole lot more views and opinions, well then you might want to take a listen. American Bacon is looking for content creators who want to be heard. We can help from simple platform hosting to full-on production. So if you're interested in joining the team, simply check out American Bacon on Facebook and send us a message letting us know how you can contribute. Simple as that. We're looking forward to hearing from you. And now here's correspondent Travis Turner with This Week in Beer News. Take it away, Travis. So, in beer news, Texas has passed a bill to allow brewers to sell beer directly from the brewery. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, Georgia just went through that same thing. Well, didn't just. They actually went through it ooh, a year ago, a little over a year ago. And uh, Texas has decided to follow suit. And and this makes me wonder, do I really even know anything about beer? Because <laughs> I, thought, I thought Georgia was behind on the times. Clearly... Not everybody is up to par, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it was Texas house bill 1545 and it was pretty much the same thing as, uh, SB 85 in Georgia. So, uh, beginning September 1st, breweries can, you know, sell beer. I mean, not sell beer, but they could sell beer to go so they can sell their beer canned and growlered. Of course, there are uh, limitations of how much beer you can buy, but I think, um, People are not going to exceed those limitations. Uh, what I do believe is that now they're going to bypass wholesalers. I think that was one of the uh, one of the things that is a little bit different than SB eighty five. I'd have to go back and look. Probably not because I think federal law still mandates some stuff. We'll actually get into that earlier or earlier. We'll get into that later. I've been drinking. Sue me anyway. Um, the impact of this law, and I've had conversations with people about this before, back, uh, when it was SB 85, um, what does it do to the, the craft beer, uh, industry? It, it, it probably has more pros than cons. The con of it though is you'll probably see less and less demand in your, you know, local stores for certain beers. Um, but possibly more. <laughs> it's like it could be less and more at the same time. No, it's it's just that. All right. So people who enjoy craft beer, who really, really enjoy it, know that it's always going to taste best 
from the source. So if I can go buy some canned goodness from the brewery, I know it's going to taste better than the stuff that's in the store. Because I don't know how long the stuff has been in the store, especially in places that are not very, you know, I would say craft hubs. So you'll have a you'll you'll go in into a, like a small store and see something that you like. Oh, that's really good stuff. And it's been sitting there forever. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's it's not as fresh. Some things can sit for a while. Some things can't. So you know, just gotta make sure we take care of the stuff that you know, the stuff that can't sit forever. I'm gonna go to the source and get it as fresh as possible. You know what I mean? And and the stuff that can sit for a while and still be good, it's probably not there. <laughs> so I I I I'm all for it because it, it definitely makes breweries um more of a reason to go. And I said breweries are our destination points now. People who people who like to travel do tend to go to breweries now. Um it's not as big a thing. In, in some places it is. I think Asheville North Carolina is still a huge destination for beer lovers. California, of course. Um, but like you got your smaller guys. I think it's good for them because now they could just, they're, they're making more money, making more jobs. It's good for their economy. So, you know, more power to Texas. Texas has, Texas is kind of far behind. I'm going to say it. Texas, when it comes to craft beer, Texas is, they're playing it safe. They're playing it really safe. Um, I'll I'll save that for the latter part of the show because I want to get deep into it. Not deep, deep, but, you know, I want to get into it. But, hey, man, I'm feeling this thing right now. Anyway, so, (laughs) oh, man. Guess what time it is, folks. Attention students. Please report to your classroom. School is now in session. This week's subject in Beer 101 is history. I know, the most boring of all subjects. <laughs> but, you gotta know where you came from to know where you're going. You know what I mean? That's some old wise proverb that some old man said when he had a cigarette hanging out of his lip. And he's working on your car underneath the tree. <laughs> so take that art get that tattooed on you you gotta know where you come from to know where you're going i'm i'm wasted anyway <laughs> all right so history of beer in this week's beer 101 the earliest clear evidence of beer dates back to 3500 bc so before jesus was turning water into wine regular folks were turning it into beer <laughs> okay so, um, and and to be honest, nobody knows when it actually became when when the first beer was made. Of course, there's it 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 was made differently. There's different like chemical makeup, but the first clear evidence of actual beer was 3500 BC. They they've seen things that resembled beer even before that, but you know, it was it wasn't beer beer. So they said the closest thing that resembled beer was 3,500 BC. Remember that. Write it down. It's on the test. Anyway, (laughs) Uh, the first mention of hops, though. Hops wasn't always in beer. First mention of hops was in 822 AD. 
So they finally found some plants and said, you know what? Let's throw this in here and see what happens. And they, and they liked it. And it was in Europe. So the Europeans were the first people to mention putting hops in beer. Not necessarily saying they're the first. Because who was really, you know, writing stuff down in 822 and said, oh, we'll save this for people in the new millennium. So <laughs> it didn't really. This is, this is all. This is, scientists found this out. I'm not a scientist. I just read the news. So anyway, this is, uh, yeah, 822. So later on, beer, of course, uh, changed and they perfected it. Of course, every time we do something, we see what can we do to make this better? And then sometimes they make it worse and then they make it better again. So beer goes through so many ebbs and flows. And in 1516, William IV adopted a purity law, according to which only allowed ingredients of beer were water, hops, and barley malt. Didn't we mention that before in the very first episode? What beer was made of? What did we say? Class, water, grain, hops, and of course yeast. Now, you're not seeing yeast mentioned in here because yeast was not necessarily a thing that was added uh, separately. Typically, yeast was, you know, just the, the um, bacteria that was already commonly found in whatever they threw the beer in. So yeast, it was natural yeast that was just, you know, commonly occurring in the grain and everything. So that's where the yeast came from before. So anything fermenting. So you put anything like let fruit rot or anything like that, it'll ferment because of, you know, wild yeast. Yeast is everywhere, ladies and gentlemen. Don't check your pants. Shh, don't do that. That's not what I'm talking about. That's disgusting. No, stop. I'm talking about just naturally occurring yeast. You got some breweries. All right, we're 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 going off on tangent, but I just want you to know. Some breweries, when they're fermenting their beer, they open up the vats. They don't seal them. They open them up because there's wild yeast just going in there. Say, hey, we'll just, you know, use whatever in the air and, and make our beer. That's how yeast works. It's everywhere. It happens. Anyway, moving forward. <laughs> um... In 1632, Dutch West India Company built the first commercial brewery in America, in Lower Manhattan. The very first brewery, Dutch West India. I have no idea what they made. I just know that was the first one. So, you know, things happened. (laughs) And they were good. And beer was brought to America. Of course, they were brewing beer forever during so many different things. Beer came from, well, they brought in when they were colonizing, so... You know, brew pubs were popping up all over the place. It just, it is what it is. Uh, British style ales, of course, because like I said, colonialization, it it dominated until German immigrants came into America and introduced the lager. Then the lager reigned supreme because lagers typically lasted longer. Ales don't have hops. Lagers do. Until, you know, we'll get into that. Maybe in a different class. <laughs> Because there's there's other things. Preservatives. Uh, Hops were originally introduced as preservatives. And then, you know, we got crazy with it. But anyway, um, the big brands decided to form the ones that we know came into the 1800s. Yingling. Everybody knows Yingling. Yingling was founded in 1829 and is the oldest operating brewery in the U.S., the oldest. And so they even call it craft beer because of the amount of beer that it produces, I believe. 
So it's still considered a craft brewery. I'd have to check because last time I did check, it was last year. And you know, those, those brew guys get a little bit finicky and, and, and testy <laughs> when certain people call their stuff craft. But anyway, um, German dominance in beer included, uh, Blatz, Schlitz, Miller, and Best. And people now know Best, Best Beer is now better known as Pabst. So there you go. PBR started back in the 1800s. I'm not going to say it was PBR, but still the company Pabst started back in the 1800s. Now in the good old year of 1860, a soap maker by the name of Ebert Anheuser purchased an old beer company that was struggling to keep afloat. So he bought them up, said, okay, Hey, (laughs) <laughs> Let me just do this. Instead of making soap, I'm going to make some beer. And uh, his daughter later married a beer supplier of that brewery. His name, Adolphus Bush. Yep. So after the father died, Adolphus took over the company. And there you have it. Back in uh, 1860, Anheuser Bush was in its infancy. <laughs> so Budweiser wasn't introduced till 1876, though. So Adolphus actually traveled the uh, European countryside and found a uh, little town called Budweiss. I think it was in Germany. I had to find out. I think it was Germany. That sounds German. Budweiss, right? And he learned how to make their lager. Brought it back. And there you go. Budweiser. The biggest beer in the world. Made by two German guys. (laughs) But anyway... Years pass, things are good, everybody's happy, everybody's drunk, beer is abundant. But on a dark, dark day, the darkest of days, January 16th, 1919 to be exact, the 18th Amendment passed. And the 18th Amendment, of course, introduced the Prohibition era. You're not allowed to drink beer during Prohibition, at least not the good stuff. So anything over, I want to say it was 3.5. Four, because they do like to round up. <laughs> so anything over 3.4 was considered too intoxicating to drink. So during that time, all the companies that produced any sort of spirit were either forced to do something else or close altogether. So your big brands stayed in business by making ooh, near beer, non-alcoholic beer. Uh, they call them uh, malt syrups malted drinks so it's like a drink made from everything except they didn't ferment it so which is weird to me but anyway (laughs) they made those even made sodas just to stay in business and they did and uh of course you know over the years things did change they they made you know little minor adjustments here and there um but a few years later about 14 years later in December of 1933, they decided to say, hey, you know what? These people are good enough to... They they, they, they took America off punishment. <laughs> so, in 1933, the 21st Amendment, where this show gets its namesake, the 21st Amendment was passed and ended Prohibition. Because, let's be honest, during that era, a lot of crazy stuff was going on. And they just said, look, make it legal. That way people stop being stupid. Because bootlegging was a really big issue. I think, um, oh, what was his name? Oh, man. 
uh, one of those mobsters. I forget his name right now. I got to stop. I got to write more notes down, especially when they come to me at the middle of like the show. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, 21st Men was passed and uh, it didn't necessarily give free reign of whatever any like what people could make. So, you know, heavy, heavy regulations were imposed. And um, I think I was speaking about it earlier. Uh, the 21st Amendment included the uh, the regulation that beer had to be, you know, sold to distribute like through to like retailers through a wholesaler or a distributor, if you will. And the biggest of which AB InBev. So they're making money off of selling their own beer. And it makes it makes sense. You want to distribute your own beer and you have to do it legally, form your own company. That way you kind of cut out the middleman. And of course, buy up everything else and then call it crap on Super Bowl commercials. <laughs> but that's not here nor there. Here nor there. Ladies and gentlemen, here nor there. So time goes on, laws change, things change, and people change, but beer remains the same. That is until the first craft brewery opened up. In 1976, Jack McAuliffe founded New Albion Brewing Company in California, becoming the nation's first microbrewery since Prohibition. And the rest is history from there. Of course it's history, because this is history class right now. <laughs> so, they made a lot of beer. Um, breweries have been popping up left and right. And it, it hey, it is what it is. There are more breweries now, and I wish I knew there was not a way to actually physically count the breweries that happened before Prohibition, especially during the colonial era. Era, sorry, because inns and alehouses were abundant. You go to pubs; we had pubs all over the place. But now, you know, they're they're destination places rather than just being on the street. So, let's make some more places that brew their own beer. I think all restaurants should attempt to brew their own beer. Be it bad or good, it'd be fun to watch. <laughs> we'll see. Anyway, ah, oh, class, you are dismissed. And we'll be right back after these messages. Do you have a product or service to offer? Do you have something you want to promote? Do you just want to be noticed? The answer is simple. Advertise. 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 That's right. Advertise on this podcast. And for a limited time, you can do it for free. That's right. Free. Just go to American Bacon on Facebook, send us a message, and get ready to get recognized. Hey, Travis. Yeah, man, what's up? Hey, man, you seen that crazy shit on the TV yesterday? Man, yeah, I saw that. Hey, man, what you think about it? Well, the way I see it, 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 the way I see it. Okay, folks, brace yourself for this one, because I'm going to read it exactly how I read it, all right? So, hold tight. This is depressing. Alabama woman indicted with manslaughter after she was shot in the stomach and lost her unborn child. Yes, I read that exactly as it was written. A woman was charged with manslaughter after she was shot in the stomach and lost her child. (sighs) 
the way I see it, I'm not necessarily surprised that it was Alabama. I'd have been less surprised if it was Florida, <laughs> because we all know Florida's the weird one in the family, but uh, it's I think it's more to it than uh than than a simple headline. Now now mind you, let's just go ahead and get it out of here. Um as far as the case goes, um the woman the woman who shot the pregnant lady, charges were dropped. Right? It's kinda weird, right? Now, I'll say this that both women were black. The second woman who did the shooting was acting in self defense. I mean, it is what it is at that point. I I don't know the entire story. Self defense is a possibility. Even if it is, we'll 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 rule it as a possibility in this case. But the fact of the matter is that a woman was shot in the stomach as she was pregnant and she lost the baby and she's being charged with manslaughter for the death of her unborn child. This could only happen in Alabama. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Um They say that she put herself in a predicament that caused the death of her child. Therefore, she is, you know, responsible. At the worst, I would say, well, now she has to deal with the consequences of losing her child. And then deal with that pain. Because, I mean, you got shot in the stomach, which is probably the worst place to get shot. I've heard it was the most painful area to be shot and die. But anyway... To just say she was, I mean, even if she was, you know, put herself in that situation, I wouldn't charge her with manslaughter, felony manslaughter to be exact. But again, like I said, I'm not surprised because this is Alabama and Alabama, along with many other states, has very strict abortion laws. Why does, why do, why do I bring that up? Because it, it kind of plays part that, uh. Maybe somebody said she did it on purpose so she could lose the baby because the abortion laws in Alabama are so strict. Um, I believe I read that uh, even in the instance of rape or incest, an abortion is illegal. The only way that abortion is uh, justified is if it, um, if the baby or if the fetus has uh, a sickness that will cause it to be stillborn or it will kill the mother. My opinion on abortion is null and void because I do not have the say-so of what a woman does with her body. I don't. That's why sometimes I wish I had a female co-host so she could chime in. But me, I I don't. My opinion of it means nothing. So there's no point in sharing it because, like I said, not my body, not my rule. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know it sounds really, really liberal of me. But like I said, I have my opinion. But like I said, my opinion means nothing. Whether I'm for it or against it, I have no say. That's just how I feel about it. But the fact that they are charging this woman with manslaughter for being shot in the stomach for losing her own child is ridiculous, if you ask me. Now, she should be charged with assault. You know what I mean? And and disorderly conduct or whatever it is for inciting the violence, especially since charges were dropped against the other person for, you know, shooting the gun. Because if you <laughs> if you can't if you can't fight a five month old pregnant lady, maybe maybe I don't know. <laughs> maybe you should just probably get your ass kicked. 
<laughs> but the fact of the matter is that, you know, what happened happened. Now, because she was charged, the 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 DA is um still contemplating on whether they should go with it or just drop charges. But like I said, knowing Alabama, they're gonna make a uh gonna make an example out of this young lady. And even though I say my opinion doesn't matter, women does. Let's be honest, women voted for these laws. <laughs> So there are women out there who who feel that, you know, a life is a life. And life starts at conception. And if you if a life starts at conception, the the ending of a life is murder. And I I I get that mentality. I also get all the mentality. I play devil's advocate a lot. So I see I see the valid points of both sides. Whether I agree with both sides, I mean I I agree with certain opinions and and some I don't. But Neither here nor there. But again, the fact of the matter is, you know, even if my opinion doesn't matter and I feel that a woman does, a woman's opinion has made this decision, has made this a viable, a viable charge. And a lawyer who is, I, I mean, a good lawyer is not necessarily a good person. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bad person, but I'm saying a good lawyer will do what they do can do to win a case and this could end up really ugly so i'm gonna keep an eye on this just to see what happens i might not speak on it again on here but i i definitely want to see what's going on with this it it, it's not haha funny it's why are we here kind of funny you know what i mean (laughs) so that's that's mm, man that's crazy but that's alabama (laughs) so ah okay anyway now it's time for the part of the show where we get to talk about the beer texas beer let me let me say this before i continue on and if i this will probably give you uh, uh, insight of what i think about this beer before i even get into it but texas beer what i've learned about texas beer since i've been here all of a year texas plays it safe they 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 make a safe beer and the beer is to whatever style it is they'll call it that and and stick to it and add on some fancy words here and there and <laughs> and it 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 is what it is i understand but texas beer if you want to be uh a contender in the world of craft beer you got to push some limits you got to just dive in the water don't tap your foot in there and test it just dive in and go all out now I haven't been here that long, so I haven't been able to try everything. I haven't even, you know, scratched the surface, but, you know, I, I find some some stuff that I guess is, is the gold standard of Texas beer. And I'm going to be honest, I have not been that impressed. I'm not saying that there's not good stuff out there, but as a whole, it's just, oh, hey, this is good. Nothing that's saying, wow, I need to have this all the time. There's not been a Texas beer that I have bought more than once. I've I've searched out certain beers in breweries more than once. Uh, uh, community makes this um, not funnel cake. What is it? Snickerdoodle ale. It's good. It's not. Oh my god, I love this. I have to have this all the time. But it's like, wow, this is unique, and I I like I like the uniqueness of this. So I'm gonna do it again. But 
Like, there's nothing here that's just like, oh my god, I want everybody to have this all the time. So that's that's just my thought on Texas beer. So anyway, we were drinking brunch money by Armadillo L Works out of Denton, Texas, and I got I got my hopes up. <laughs> I did, I did, because I guess every time I do something for the first time, I make it, you know, that is the standard. And I don't think that's necessarily me saying that this is the best and it has to be this every time. I'm just saying, like, I get lucky. So when I try something first, it's always the best version of it. <laughs> and then then everything else just doesn't live up to it. But uh, this was supposed to be a golden imperial golden stout. The imperial part definitely got the imperial. It, it has a slight booziness to it. It's not overly boozy. So anyway, let's go into the uh, let's go into the ratings. Part of it, I actually am going to contemplate as I talk about it. The appearance of this beer, it's not that pretty. It's not a golden stout. So I guess it's darker than a white stout. I get it because the white stout I had was damn near clear. It it had that nice, super golden hay straw color. This was called a golden ale. It wasn't gold. It was more ambery than gold, and it was murky, and it had the floaty bits in it. I don't like stuff floating in my beer, man. It's not pretty. <laughs> so, and again, like I said, maybe, maybe it was compromised by uh, the the <laughs> the storing procedure that I had. Sitting in the car in a hot car, so a car will get over, man, 90 degrees in the sun, but it wasn't pretty. I wasn't fascinated, and I, I like pretty beers. I mean, I poured the first one wrong and it was just all heady. Then I poured the other few that I had. Yes, I drank a few. And the other the other ones I poured right, but there was no head on it. So, I mean, I got to find a happy medium. I'm not going to rate it against head because, you know, I'm a <laughs> I rate head pretty I pretty pretty good. But anyway, um yeah, I get it too. I'm not, I wasn't, I wasn't looking at this and, and mouthwatering. It didn't look mouthwatering. It didn't look appealing to me at all. I see floaty stuff. I'm like, I don't, I don't really want this. It's not appealing. So two on appearance smell. It didn't smell as advertised. I didn't smell anything that was advertised again. Maybe it's my fault. I'm going to, I'm going to go up to no, uh, Armadillo Ale Works and try it on tap and maybe I'll, I'll think different. Maybe it's better from the source, but in the can smell, it just it had nothing there. There was nothing there. It did not smell like anything advertised. I smelled no Coke, cacao, no vanilla. I'm, if I did, it was, it was so faint, but something else was overbearing. It was just the beer itself just did not smell like it was advertised. So smell got to taste. If you can't smell it, you can't taste it. You know what I mean? Now, sometimes you can smell a lot more, you can taste it. But if you can't smell it at all, then you're not going to taste it at all. And it can taste it, man. You can't taste anything in there that was advertised. And I'll say it one last time. Maybe I messed the beer up. Maybe it was compromised. Now, it had a slight sweetness to it. But there's a little bit of booziness to it, too. It's a 10%. It was 10%. For a gold nail, I guess that's a little bit high, but I was not a, 
I drank it. I drank a, a, the last one. If I ever pour out a beer, I just couldn't do it. It wasn't worth it. <laughs> so taste, although, ah, man, what am I going to do with this? Am I going to give it a two for what it was and what it advertised and what I've had before? I'm, I'm, I'll give it a two. I've had worse beers. I've had plenty worse beers. So I'll give it a two. Just the fact that you advertise all these amazing flavors and you didn't deliver. It deserves less than a two, but I've had worse. It was bearable, but it's not, it's, it's definitely not what I was wanting. So two mouthfeel. All right. Here's where we start getting a little bit better. Mouthfeel. It didn't taste bad. It didn't have a it didn't have a bad mouthfeel. The booziness, it didn't give you icky mouth, alcohol mouth, none of that stuff. So it was okay. It didn't come off sticky. It didn't come off super, you know, weighty. Maybe it should have been called a stout, but as soon as I tasted it, I'm like, this isn't a stout. So I was okay with what followed. It's that it didn't linger, but it's almost good that it didn't linger because it didn't taste like it was supposed to. So, yeah, Mouthfield got a three. It's basic. This was basic beer. Now, buzzworthiness. I got I got a little bit buzzed off this beer. I'm not going to lie. I drank, a, I drank a few of them down pretty fast because I'm just, I don't like to waste beer. But the, the few that I drank gave me a good buzz. So, I mean, and like I said in the previous episode, buzzworthiness is the tricky one. And uh, it is what it is at this point. So, all in all, this beer gets a... Take everything together. What am I doing? Why am I fine? This beer gets a 2.6. Not, not my favorite. Um, As far as ratings go, 3 is average. So, if you get above a 3, I call it good. 3 is average. Anything below a 3... Less than average. 2.6 is not a good score. I think I messed this up. I've been known to do that. I could mess up a good beer. You would think that it'd be hard to do. It's not. It's not. So I'm I'm gonna give no I'm gonna give Armadillo Elworks a uh, another try and I'm gonna go try them out. So next time I got some free time, I'm gonna take that trick up to Denton and check them out and see what's going on. And maybe I just got a bad beer. I've had bad beers from breweries I like. I've had. It's, um, I'm not going to like everything. So I see a style I like. I'm like, oh, I'm going to try that. I had one before. And maybe they're just not as good as it, as another brewery is. Um, yeah, it is what it is, guys. So not everything's going to be a, a gold star winner. <laughs> but, but let's hope that not everything is bad. Because I like good beer, and I want you to like good beer too. So, don't don't write Armadillo Ale Works off. I'll go do some deep research and and bring you some hopefully better news. Until then, though, I am going to uh, fine tune this, and I'm not going to screw it up this time. <laughs> so, as we end the show, remember, beer is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. We'll see you next time.